0: Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the podcast that gives you too much information about kill counts, but uh, not from horror films because, you know, we're we're triggered little soy boys, but instead, the kills of Marvel supervillains. Ooh,
1: sequels. Come on, come on. Kill me, I'm here, kill me!
0: I'm Eric Voss. With me is Tommy Bechtold. How you doing, Hello. buddy?
1: I'm doing great, everybody. All I've got to say is person, woman, man, camera, television. Everybody's got it going on up here. This is a perfect brain. Ask me again in 15 minutes, and I'll say... Person, woman, man, camera, television, and that's the sign of a genius, believe me. And it's going to look even more impressive
0: that you can recall this because we shoot these a week and a half early. So two weeks from now, no one's going to remember what that refers to.
1: Let's go ahead and try that again. Great to be here, everyone. Ignore what I just said. Uh, The rule says... Play it as it lies. Tommy, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago
0: uh, before this, you were um, the host of the episode that went into the kill counts of the Avengers and all the Marvel heroes, yes. a very interesting one. Uh, some people had some uh, criticisms for the way we counted the Chitauri fleet in the Avengers, but now it's yes. our chance for redemption. So our big question for you today, Tommy, you're gonna yes. go through to the other side of it. Which Marvel villain is the deadliest besides Thanos because we know Thanos is the deadliest but like how right. more deadly is he
1: than the others and how do the others rank We will we'll get to we'll get to Thanos because we're going to pay respects to him Yeah, th- this is a this is a very compelling and deadly list. First thing I'm going to do is go through a little lightning round of some of the villains that have lesser kill counts and uh, just give you their stats so that, you know, everybody kind of, we have a frame of reference for who we're dealing with. Starting with Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, who has one kill that is himself, and we're not even <laughs> sure if it's real. Jake Gyllenhaal. Killing my my will to uh, resist his unbelievable charms as well, so that's two deaths.
0: Yeah, he was willing to kill more, uh, and it looks like there might have been some people maybe caught under rubble, but we didn't see any. These yes. Spider-Man movies are pretty light by comparison, yeah, to yeah. right?
1: Right, and let's remember these are these are we are we're, we're we're theorizing these are MCU deaths, okay? These are these are deaths that we yes. kind of deduce from the films, okay? So don't at me. Next, we have Adrian Toomes, aka Vulture has one kill, his employee, not looking good for uh, the Better Business Bureau. Uh, He killed
0: Jackson by accident. I guess Logan Marshall Green had to die because he looks too much like Tom Hardy.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. That's a very good point. So Jackson was the original shocker. He took two in the shirt, then went one in the dirt. Darren Cross, AKA Yellow Jacket, killed three people, Frank, A pilot. Oh, but, you know, we got to pause
0: and uh, press F for Frank, because that guy had one of the most horrific deaths. The way he was just
1: wiped up off that bathroom floor and
0: flushed was pretty awful to see.
1: You want to talk about how the Spider-Man movies are kind of light? That was dark. And, like, if you sat and thought about <laughs> yeah. that moment for a little bit and, like, put any person that you've ever known or cared about in Frank's shoes and imagined that level of, like, what if they were just erased that way? It could be a long night for you. I would stay awake for hours thinking <laughs> yeah. about that. Don't do that, yes. guys. Don't do that. Hey, stay back. Stay back. Hey, Uncle. Stay here. Over here, Uncle Ben. Over here, Uncle Ben. Alright, so next we have Ivan Vanko Whiplash with nine plus... Nine-ish kills. We have inmates, cops, guards. I mean, the entire uh, yeah. ecosystem of a prison Ivan has taken out. Next, we have Zemo with at least 14. We have a Hydra Colonel. Kind of a plus, you know, a yeah. minus category. Yeah. Broussard. The Raging yeah. Cajuns, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and other Winter Soldiers that he's taken out.
0: Oh, yeah, the other the other five. He he killed them yeah. all, and, and uh, yes. that plot point started to take off and was immediately discarded.
1: Well, there's just so many balls in the air uh, <laughs> in these movies that you can't always finish everything. So then we've got Aldrich Killian with 18 kills. Uh, he's got uh, extremist patience and Innocence caught in his blasts. Oh, yeah, each one that blew up caught
0: a, a, yeah. a few in that blast radius, yeah. so yeah, he's... He's responsible for all those i would say
1: next we've got caecilius with 20 plus kills librarian drum sorcerers in london and hong kong sanctums he just went ham yeah we didn't see those happen we
0: only saw the end of those like the the destruction at the end but you gotta imagine he, he took out a you know a, about a dozen and a half
1: sounds about right then we've got young Rog, yon Rog, 25 at least scrolls. just and that's got to
0: be at least because, like, as we talked about with Carol Danvers last uh, yeah. or a couple weeks ago, like, mm-hmm. there were years where that yes. uh, squad of commandos has taken out scrolls. So Abs- that's absolutely. the ones we know about.
1: These are the on-screen or at least referred to on-screen deaths that we can kind of uh, put up there. So apologies for not being higher up on the list, but uh, that's all we know for now. Then we've got, coming in to close out our lightning round, Obadiah Stain, aka the Iron Monger, with 31 kills, uh, including terrorists which it's always tough to mourn the loss of a terrorist, Raza, and uh, several motorists. The motorists are a little more unfortunate than the terrorists. Not that you can ever really weigh human life, but if I had to choose between a motorist and a terrorist... I'd probably go with the motorist. And that's just, you know. You could say
0: he didn't necessarily pull that trigger to, it was like his guys, but like, he's responsible for all those deaths. He's the one who who ordered the kill. So uh, while he may not be in the best physical condition compared to the other ones we just mentioned, I mean, you know, uh, Zemo killed way more, probably in his lifetime, but just on screen, all all those bodies piled up as a result of Obadi's sting.
1: So that brings us to, a real meat and potatoes list. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Uh, the true killers, uh, the true villainous killers here. So last time we did the good guys and we put them in categories based on horror movie villains and, and their actual kills. I thought for this week, in honor of the class of 2020, we would do yearbook superlatives for these murderous Yay! goons. So uh, the first award, the first superlative is going to go to Most Changed. You know, most changed from freshman year to senior year, and that's uh, Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. Abomination, because what a glow up, what a glow up for Abomination. Dozens of Harlem residents murdered, dozens of enemies from his days as a special ops commando, and he drank a dog in Brazil, which is not a murder, but it's really sad. It but- hurt. That one probably hurt more than any other takedown in that movie. All right, next we have most secretive. Most secretive. This is the shy person in your class. You don't want this superlative. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I'm not talking about shy like dangerous. I'm talking like shy like, what's going on with this guy? Who is he? And that would be Johann Schmidt, a.k.a. Red Skull. Not exactly what he seems, with 60-plus kills. Allied soldiers, fellow Nazis. Again, eh, tough to mourn that one in Captain America 1. (laughs) Also, if we attribute all those people killed... Under Hydra to him, that's probably thousands more, but we can't really quantify that. So we just have, you know, the, the Allied soldiers and Nazis that he killed. And plus we we owe the winter soldiers killings can could could be abstractly recredited to him, you know, if you trace the red strings. Sure, yeah. You know. So Next we have, uh, I'm going to go Best Eyes. Remember Best Eyes as a category? Uh, yeah, that's going to yeah, yeah. be uh, we're going to give that to Mel from Thor The Dark World with 91 plus kills, uh, oh, including wow. Asgardian soldiers, sacrificing his own soldiers, which is he a did. Yeah. common theme with these really you know bad bad guys is they will just throw a few of their own soldiers in on the pile with really nothing, uh, no guilt or anything. He fought Boar in a past war and, and could have killed thousands more and that rhymes and that's nice and people like when I rhyme. so that'll well be a done.
0: Great... well Thank done you. you did a Thor Morthor yeah. right there that's right
1: <laughs> uh, um and yeah I think that's the
0: thing with Malachite he's one of the lamer more forgettable villains but because he fought for thousands of years and then he went into hibernation but like leading up to that we yeah. saw him on the battlefield there and in that battle he did kill a good number of people and probably killed countless more so it's not just he was just like a one and done person who was alive for a couple of days and then moved right. on he was used right. around
1: for a while so yeah yes. he sucks but he did kill a good number of people. And damn those eyes. Okay, and next we're gonna go with class poet. This is some. This is an intellectual, someone who moves you with the written word and their and their skills as an orator. And that goes to our friend Ultron with 186 plus wow. kills, uh, including. Pietro Maximoff, sad. Got an Avenger. Got a feeling he might be back. Uh Strucker and just a lot of Sokovians for sure. Yeah. For sure. Was it
0: something like 177 Sokovians? Yeah. Uh yeah. and so- you could say those are all pretty much his fault or one of his drones' yeah. faults.
1: And then he also killed Jarvis, who kind of came back as Vision, right? So that's I know, and that
0: to me is the biggest loss here. We killed Jarvis and replaced him with this. I- I'm gonna mention this every chance I get. I know you vision heads love vision, hate me saying this but Jarvis was freaking great and we haven't had a truly great yeah. replacement for Jarvis instead we got this stupid red idiot that we have to watch now
1: also like Jarvis had somehow way more of a personality than Vision yeah <laughs> like, how Jarvis is that possible was, It was really teasing like you tease Tony in the movies and- a little ostentatious don't you think what was I thinking? You're usually so discreet. Vision is just like, his mind is somewhere else. He's got, like, the personal skills of Dr. Manhattan. The way, like, he can't yes. relate to people anymore. <laughs> Moving on uh, to our next... This one is Class Clown. This guy is, you know, he's unreliable. He's a wild card. He's good for a laugh. And that would be our friend Yandu, With at least 200, about 201, we think. Dozens okay. of Sicarians. His yeah. own Mutus Ravagers. He did, again... Talk about another person willing to sacrifice a few of his own and himself. He did. He, he sacrificed himself as well. <laughs> he one, did. So.
0: Yeah, you gotta think this is, a, this is a space pirate just like Peter Quill. His numbers seemed right. higher than we thought. Yondu's yeah. would be even higher. And like right. every time he used one of those arrows in both Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 he has taken yeah. out dozens of people. It happens so fast. It's like Rhodey in, in Infinity War. It's just like yes. in the blink of an eye like scores
1: are dead as a result yeah. of this swift move. And next we've got most popular and wow this guy uh, everybody smiles when he walks down the hall this guy really lights up a room (laughs) But has been known to get his grades raised uh, from failing to passing just with his charm alone the ferris bueller of the bunch i recall central park in fall he is the ferris bueller of this list that would be our friend loki with uh, what we can credit to him, 336 kills. Wow. Now, who knows how many more Loki has because he disguised himself as someone else? Like, we don't really truly know. From what we can tell from our crack research team of me and a bottle of Code Red Mountain Dew and 5 a.m. <laughs> viewings of these movies. <sighs> We have 336. So let's talk about, let's break that number down. We've got four frost giants in Thor. That should be 100 people each, but it's four. 80 people in Avengers pre-New York. Natasha says...
0: He killed 80 people in two days.
1: He's adopted. 74 New York casualties, according to Thunderbolt Ross. Four dark elves in Thor Dark World. And 10 soldiers in Ragnarok. So, you know add some of those numbers up. Okay, so that's that's
0: a good yeah. number. We also kind of looked at the fact that he was fighting alongside Thor for a lot of battles, right? Yes, and Thor yes. casually admits that he killed 3,000. And yes. then based off of the number of frost giants we see Loki kill in that battle, based on the number we see Thor kill, it's a ratio mm-hmm. of 1 to 18. So applying that to all the past battles to 3,000, we get about 160, 164 from Loki's past battles. Mm-hmm. But that's probably lower uh, than what it really is. That's just what we can average out. That's how we extrapolate it to that number.
1: All right, moving on. Next, we've got the uh, recipient of the superlative nicest car. And if you remember, nicest car usually went to the rich kid who wore his collar, popped up, kind of yeah. strutted around with some swagger. Nicest car really usually equated to parents who made a $30,000 investment in their 16-year-old kid, which is just a truly insane thing to do. And that our, the winner of nicest car and this is going to be Ronin the Accuser, a personal Favorite of mine because I just think Lee Pace is a phenomenal actor with 796 kills. Wow. Uh, he killed the other. He
0: killed the Nova Corps fleet. That was most of them right there, right? That was hundreds and hundreds of them.
1: Absolutely. He, he was not hesitating. Uh, countless scrolls and other Kree enemies. Some people think that if you really factored in how many in the Nova Corps that he killed, it would be 80,000. I mean, in the comics, they do have a
0: massive, yeah. massive fleet like that. I think on screen, it's it's less than a 1,000. That and that's what we're, we're doing
1: out. on screen. We're doing on screen, guys. I have always said... We're doing on screen. So next, this is a most frequently skipped class. This person is absent for the majority of the movie, only to reveal themselves at the end. And that is Dormammu. Dormammu with a thousand kills. Dormammu only kills one character on screen, Dr. Strange, but he kills him countless numbers of times. 12 (laughs) loops are on screen. And in a deleted clip, they say Dr. Strange saying something like, we've been through this 1000 times. We've got him killing Dr. Strange at least a thousand times. I guess that counts. He
0: did. Those were yeah. separate kills for him. From his point of view, that was a thousand different people who looked just like Doctor Strange. Who are you people? A thousand Doctor Strange clones and he murdered all of them in horrible ways. So I think those
1: each count. Uh, next, we're going to say best style, best dressed. And that is just because if I could dress the way this man dressed, it would be ridiculous. I don't think they make his costume in a 3X tall. So best dressed. He's my neighbor in Sherman Oaks, California. No one other than Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, he bought a mansion for his parents right down the street from me and it's hilarious wow. because it's surrounded by apartment buildings it's a massive mansion and then just apartments everywhere uh, so come <laughs> find him guys find him take pictures of him as he's leaving uh, invade his privacy John cut all of this out so I don't burn my bridges with Michael B because God if we could be friends I'd do anything uh, Killmonger <laughs> has 3,000 kills let's see he's Whoa. Zuri, Ulysses Claw, the museum curator, Dora Milaje guards and 3,000 previous enemies based Whoa. on the scars on his body so the makeup artist said there were about three thousand scars placed on his body which he identified as you know he, he scarred himself every time that's
0: crazy so, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean i mean i kind of want to reach out to ryan Kugler about this because yes it's really yeah. cool that would make him by far one of the deadliest single killers mercenaries mm-hmm. in human history Three thousand, right. like winter soldier we estimate it as way less than that Three thousand. that's huge and he's not killing them by dropping bombs on cities he's like taking no, no. Them out
1: one at a time these are difficult kills these are these are people are are suffering not a good look so that brings us to we're down to our top three three most murderous mcu villains and first is i gotta say most attractive that's always a superlative that feels kind of gross right like you're voting on a person that you're like all right we're objectifying this person completely but let's be honest If you won an award for most attractive, you would forget that. You'd be like, you know what? Normally I don't think objectifying people is okay. But if you've decided that I'm most attractive, I accept this award. It's also weird because like,
0: you know, there's some yearbook uh, faculty advisor who had to print that and imagine this idea of like these two 17 year olds right now, uh, I I have to type in the words most attractive and and sign off on this and it's just gross.
1: Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but we're going to plow through most attractive is hella. Mm. Hello with 3311 kills again this is what we can deduce okay. from the movies. Uh let's talk about who she's killed. The Warriors 3. Not to be confused with The Questions 3 is how you cross a bridge if there's a troll. Asgard's <laughs> army. The Valkyrie or Scourge the executioner. Yeah, yeah. And
0: I think the kind of like Loki, we kind of have to imagine because we did see murals. And right. there were historical murals that showed like piles and piles of bodies. So the way we we got to those numbers is like Thor admitted to killing 3,000. His whole time fighting alongside Odin was essentially what Hela said she had before Thor's existence. So we're going to mm-hmm. say at least 3,000 kills can be contributed. It probably was way higher. She helped Odin conquer most of the realms. So you got to mm-hmm. imagine she probably fought in even more battles alongside Odin to take out as many, if not more. So I think it's fair to say her numbers are that high.
1: Absolutely. Okay, next is uh, kind of our last superlative before we get to the obvious champion of all this. We said before, this person is going to be the recipient of the award of the the Matthew McConaughey, this person is way too old to be in high school award. did not you go through puberty?
0: Like seven or something? (laughs) In
1: honor of the kid that you're like, I know that you tell everyone you're 18 but it feels like you might be 35 and (laughs) like you have no problem getting beer you somehow have a son in the same grade as you but anyway that goes to ego the human planet with 10 million 10 million kills Thousands of partners, thousands of offspring. I implanted thousands of extensions of myself on a thousand worlds. And based on his skull pile, let's just ballpark that at about 10,000, right? And then after that, like after he activated all of his plants, like goo goo, goo exploded everywhere. Who knows how many killed? And all of his, I mean, the guy's been alive for eons.
0: Yeah, so I think that's fair. So if you have, like, 10,000 uh, uh, skulls in that yes. pile, another 10,000 of each of the sexual partners that he killed, so that's, like, 20,000. And then, like, uh, like millions of people, like, on each of those worlds, it's 10,000 different worlds. If, like, another 1,000 people die in each of those goo yeah. explosions, now we're getting up in the millions.
1: We're getting up there for sure. I mean, any way you slice it, that's the second most prolific killer. But, of course most likely to succeed because we know for a fact for even a brief time he does succeed is big daddy thick thanos with five trillion kills with a t sucking down darjeeling half of the universe trillion with a t in a snap half the universe gone how many souls in the marvel universe 10 trillion according to heimdall and thor the dark world from here i can see nine realms of 10 trillion souls so, oh, right. ten yeah, trillion divided by okay. two. Those deaths were all reversed technically, but for a time, for Hulk, snapped them all back.
0: But he still had a lot of people who are dead as a
1: result of him, despite the snapping and reverse. That's right, because he called he called the Xandar. Uh, he called Xandar population twelve billion, meaning six billion were killed. It's got to be that he's also he's killed the Zahobare, Corbin, the Asgardian refugees, which were two thousand of them killed, and several other worlds. Uh, he killed Vision. He killed Loki. He killed his daughter, Gamora. So, I mean, this man, he's pretty effed up. Uh, Safe to say at least 10 billion remain dead as a result of Thanos' actions. So, no matter how you slice it. This guy, I'll tell you what. Yeah.
0: Cause he got to attribute all the people that he fought in that in-game final battle who remained dead. Uh, he fired on his own troops. That was right. hundreds, maybe thousands there that he shot. Yeah, he he ch- killed a bunch of sorcerers. I mean, none of our main Avengers other than Tony Stark uh, died in that. But right. like, if if only one of them died, there's probably a bunch of like sorcerers and ravagers who who died there too. Wow. So ten so billion. A, like yeah. I'll say, Tommy. Even the billion range is hard for anyone to fathom how much a billion that. of. Yeah something is right because there's yes. seven billion people on this planet so imagine like a trillion that's like yeah. that's a thousand billions it's just one trillion
1: so Eric, like i'm gonna uh, I'm, i'll say something controversial that's too many people to kill you shouldn't kill that many people it's, there's no it's
0: unfathomable literally yeah. it, it's
1: i'm going on record saying if you kill a trillion people you're not on my good list you're on the naughty list ho 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 Right before that,
0: one few of a trillion, you're on the fence. Yeah. But once you cross that trillion yeah. marker, sir, you are not on the Christmas card list anymore. You are canceled. And that's not cancel culture.
1: That's just good common sense.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you for breaking that down, uh, Tommy. I We knew My that pleasure. Thanos was the deadliest, but we didn't understand fully how he was the deadliest. And it's interesting to learn about people like Hella. And ego there too, and Dormammu. Dormammu, I didn't think would really clock in on that list, but yeah. he's he's up there as well. And it'll be interesting to see how people like Galactus or Taskmaster top some of these other villains. Yes, I you know they're going to
1: be pretty deadly too. We, we can always we can always create a second edition for these lists. We'll yes. come back
0: once we have new content someday. That's right. God,
1: please, yes. Oh, please.
0: All right, let's thank some people who helped us make this episode. First off, thanks to our friends from Audible for sponsoring this episode. Listen to the new Audible original The Sandman. It's based on the best-selling DC graphic novels written by Neil Gaiman, which were hailed by the Los Angeles Times Magazine as the greatest epic in the history of comic books, and I, I, I could agree. I could agree with that. This audio adaptation is decades in the making, and stars Professor X himself, James McAvoy, in the title role. Follow Morpheus, the Dream Lord, as he's pulled from the dream realm and imprisoned on earth when he finally escapes he must restore his power to rebuild his dominion and that is just the start of it featuring a powerhouse ensemble cast including riz ahmed kat dennings michael sheen and more in your wildest dreams you have never heard anything like this listen now only on audible just go to audible.com slash the sandman i'm in We also want to thank our friends at Hero Health for sponsoring this episode. It's hard to remember to take medication, like when I wake up in a cold sweat thinking about old cap room in the streets, dancing with old ladies. The last thing on my mind is taking my pills, right? Hero is your medicine cabinet reinvented. The Hero pill dispenser sorts all daily medications and delivers them all with a push of a button. If medication isn't taken, the Hero app will send a notification to you or a family member or a caregiver so a dose is never missed. Hero makes it simple and easy to make sure you or your loved ones stay on track and get the right meds at the right time every time. Your hero membership includes the app, the pill dispenser, and 24-7 support for just a dollar a day. Hero even has an optional service that delivers medication directly to your door. Never miss a dose again and always have peace of mind with Hero. Right now, if you go to HeroHealth.com slash big question, you'll get 50% off the initiation fee and a 30-day risk-free trial with a money-back guarantee. That's HeroHealth.com slash big question to start your membership with 50% off in a 30-day Free trial. Don't forget that's herohealth.com slash big question. And cool. uh now we're gonna move on to some bite-sized questions that I'm gonna try to answer. So hit yes, me with those questions.
1: You've got it, Eric. Here we go, coming at you Civilian on Discord asks. Oh yeah, civilian. Who is the youngest supervillain? Ooh, um,
0: okay, well that's an interesting question, right? Because supervillains tend not to be kids. And I think the reason for that is just that like, children are kind of stupid. Like they don't right. have the life experience or really the emotional capacity, let alone the power, like the physical strength to right. really make a compelling true villain. Now, of course there are yeah. exceptions to this. Like, you know, if you saw that movie, Brightburn or Looper is a really good movie, mm-hmm. horror movies like The Omen, there's plenty of evil kids in the history of, of uh, media. It's more common to see dangerous super kids that are just misunderstood rather than evil. Yeah. And and the reason for this is that think about it if you're the teller of a superhero mythology tale it's pretty reckless and dangerous to suggest that kids innately could be born evil like you don't sure. want a kid flipping through a comic book and being like Oh, here's a villain kid. What if that's me? And then he does horrible mm. things because he wants to embody that. It's right. better to have like superpowered kids who are maybe misunderstood or accidentally dangerous, but then they find, you know, goodness in themselves. Yeah, like Nemo from Finding Nemo. That that little um, Lucky Finn was a killer. He used it like the way uh, Buffalo Bill used uh, his arm in a sling to <laughs> trick women to help him. In. <laughs> oh, can you help me move this up? Oh, yeah, just a little further back. Ooh, are you ooh. size eight? <laughs> Slam. <laughs> I was just trying
1: so hard to think of what that line was. Were you a size eight?
0: <laughs> oh shit! But uh, there, there are a couple ex- uh, exceptions that I think we should talk about. And uh, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Remember, there was that brainwashed Joker Junior. It ah, was yes. kind of evil for a second, but really, he was just like brainwashed. And there, there have been actually old supervillains that are just trapped in the bodies of children. But I did find an answer to this. There is a child supervillain that has been under our noses the whole time, the whole time.
1: The whole time?
0: Ah, In the MCU, Ultron. Ultron was only a few days old. That movie didn't span over a long period of time. And it's not just like the logic of this robot is, is, is young. James Spader specifically made a point of making Ultron youthful, immature, kind of like a teenager. That was an acting choice, a character choice for the character. He wanted to be like a, a teenager know-it-all who like snaps whenever he's corrected or compared to daddy. Like there are moments in the movie where he acts like a kid. He goes like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And then he like, when he cuts off Claw's arm, he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, someone will fix it, right? Like, he's he's childlike. So Ultron is your kid's supervillain. Ah, very good.
1: Question number two. Lil J Mills on Discord asks, what did Hulk and Tony see in the soul world? Why didn't we see this? Oh, actually, you know, we do have
0: an answer on this from the deleted scenes in the interviews. There was a deleted scene that showed Tony Stark's soul world moment after he snapped in Endgame where he would have met with an older version of his daughter Morgan played by mm-hmm. Catherine Lankford and she would have said, oh, it's okay to move on. She's going to grow up. Okay, look, I'm already like a young adult now and okay. it was cut because this would have been the first time we saw Morgan in this form played by this actress and audiences had no emotional connection to that mm-hmm. face so they they cut it. Also, it would have slowed down the movie like this would have been in between the snap And all of Thanos' forces dusting away. And I think in that moment, we needed to see all the remaining troops and Thanos himself dusting away. We couldn't prolong it with a couple minutes of this weird reflective moment. It's uh, later in like recent rewatches, the screenwriters and and directors did point out that there was a Hulk Soul World moment as well that was never shot. Uh, They revealed that they drafted a dialogue between. Bruce Banner's identity, and the Hulk identity, kind of like the the two halves talking to each other in that orange realm. <laughs> they also said there was another idea that they would have had Hulk speaking with Natasha Romanoff, but it, it was never written out, and I guess they didn't want to, like, contradict anything that they might do in the Black Widow movie. It, it also wasn't shown in the movie for similar reasons. It was like a pacing thing. They just needed to see the consequences of Hulk snap. We needed to see, like, what happened when Hulk snaps, and then everybody come back for a second. Uh, we didn't want to slow things down.
1: Very good. All right, well... Two, two convincing answers. You're doing way better than when I do this. You're much better at this than me, Eric. All hey, right, question keep it to Marvel or Matrix? <laughs> I, I got you covered. Question number three: Marvel Henry, as opposed to DC Henry, his evil arch nemesis, yep. <laughs> asks on the old Twitter: When Thor summons his hammer, does it go in a straight direction to him, possibly harming anyone in its path, or does it avert harm? <laughs> Does it does it dodge people or living organisms?
0: Oh, or um, interesting question. Well i'm pretty sure mjolnir almost always travels the shortest distance which would be a straight line it comes back to him directly to him when it's summoned and we have seen a few examples of this in the mcu like uh in thor ragnarok he, he used it to threaten loki remember mm-hmm. when he when loki's <laughs> pretending to be odin he also yes. used it to smash up dr strange's sanctum sanctorum as a kind of like F- you because yes. dr strange was dicking him around that whole scene so yep. he just like gets him back by smashing up and then of course yeah. back in avengers when he was fighting the hulk on the helicarrier he summoned it through the walls of the helicarrier breaking all kinds of stuff but i think mjolnir can move on a on a curved path like thor has definitely hooked that thing a bunch of times so he killed a bunch of fire demons and ragnarok like circling it around and then coming back to him it's it's not necessarily a straight line but either way it would be a conscious decision by thor whoever the wielder is like he must mentally mm-hmm. instruct it to bend its path around other objects so if it were coming through weaving through people that he cared about i'm sure he could he could control that but most of the
1: time, it's just, like, directly to him, and he doesn't really care what's in between. Not me. I would use it to take revenge on everyone. I'd be like, sorry, yeah. just my hammer. Sorry my hammer knocked you out mm. on its way. I can summon a hammer with my hands. So. Yeah, Tommy, there's a, there's
0: a school between you and <laughs> hammer. Class is dismissed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my uh. God. It's a college. It's, it's a college. Uh, yeah, it's a college of really old adult learners who are all awful people. So don't worry. <laughs> it's the Electoral College. Yeah! Thanks, Tommy!
0: Damn. Um, all right, we got time for one final box of scraps question. Okay. And since it's summertime, but sadly, most kids can't go to summer camp right now. This house is a fucking prison! I'm playing
1: bullshit! in the galaxy of this sucks camel
0: dick. We thought we'd rub it in their faces and take this question, what is your most memorable summer camp experience?
1: Oh, tiki hama. Oh, what you are. This is good and this 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 was a uh, for me A a wide variety because I had a couple things to choose from my own going to camp as a kid, and then my being a camp counselor as a also still a kid and adult. So I have to say, the wildest thing. So I worked as a counselor in a camp, and it was really kind of an interesting thing because you could become a counselor. I think a lot of camps are set up this way you become a counselor like the year after. You aged out as a camper. Yeah. So there was like a very a CIT, right? A counselor yeah. in training. Yeah, absolutely. And There was like so. There's a very like weird gray kind of no man's land of these kids that are really probably not old enough to be camp counselors, but they're still or are they are they they are too old to be to be campers? So we had a talent show every year, and there was a girl who had aged out of being a camper and became a camp counselor. She decided that she wanted to do uh, Celine Dion's album for her talent show. <laughs> talent. The whole album? <laughs> oh. she, she, got, she did, like, four songs before we had oh, to cut God. it down. And she was not... she She did not think that this was an issue at all. Like, she was like... Going at and she was going hard. This was like tick <laughs> This was like pre TikTok. She was an innovator. I will never forget all of us trying to figure out how do we tell this kid who's still a kid without embarrassing her because she was like fourteen or thirteen at the time. Uh-huh. You have to stop doing this. Like the, even the little <laughs> kids were like, this is pretty cringy that you would do this. So in terms of stories that I can tell legally without getting sued or, or anything, <laughs> I will say that was my most memorable summer camp experience. What do you got for me?
0: <laughs> I also worked at a summer camp. I believe I, I talked about this in a past uh, episode of Big Question, maybe with you when I worked at one. But, so I'll talk about one that I went to as a kid. So I went to a camp that was for 12 to 14-year-olds, and it was hosted by uh, the Catholic Diocese in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was called Camp Risk. And I think the idea, the name was... Like as you become a teenager, it's like a risk to reconcile your faith with societal uh, pressures. (laughs) Which makes sense. It was was mostly a typical summer camp. It was a blast. It was super fun. You know, we would do like swimming, ultimate frisbee. We had a talent show. We would do like water balloon hunts. There was a dance, but you know, because it was hosted by the diocese, we had like morning and evening prayers and Mm -hmm. there was a mandatory abstinence workshop. Let me explain. Which I think was what the camp was all about.
1: I'll be honest, not necessary for me. It was already mandatory without a workshop,
0: so... (laughs) Yeah, oh, me too, me too. Yeah, it still is, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, and what I love about summer
0: camp stories and I'm so glad we got this question is there are summer camp stories but there's also what I love the year two summer camp stories where you go back to summer camp and then all year long you're working yourself up thinking this summer I'm gonna run that shit Uh, (laughs)
1: different this year
0: (laughs) (laughs) this year I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna do and you list it out you lie in bed and you're like okay (laughs) and my first year there I was like a total wildflower super shy just taking it all in so my plan the next year was to go back and be the popular guy. And I had a plan, I had like a three-step plan. And the first step was, you gotta dominate the dance circle at the dance. Yeah, oh yeah. Because that guy, at our summer camp, the dance was Tuesday night. So all you have to Mm -hmm. do is just dominate that dance or go out there, bust some moves, and then you are set for the week. Everyone's gonna be like, hey man. And there was yeah. always one guy, and I'm like, next year I'm gonna be that guy. So that was the first step. Uh, second step was I wanted to troll that abstinence <laughs> workshop because there's always some funny guy who's like, ah, he's he has sex. So yeah, he's yeah. cool. And then uh, the third step was uh, I'll explain this in a bit, was to be the camp mystery man, which oh. is, you'll see how that played out. Okay, so yeah. plan one. Uh, so here's what I try to do I spent the whole year trying to learn how to break dance. Uh, I joined like a couple friends and we would hang out on Friday nights and like yes. try to do moves and I was always really bad at them. But I was like, I, I learned a couple moves. I'm like, I can do this. Uh and then I had spent my birthday money on this awesome quick silver watch. Yeah. Try to look cool. I was like, I'm gonna look fly. I'm gonna break dance. I'm and I'm gonna wait for the perfect song. And then at the dance, Tuesday night, oops, I did it again comes on, and you know, oh. you gotta get out there. If it's if it's two thousand. Three, you you gotta go wild. So, But the whole time, other kids are getting out there, they're doing moves, but I can't find the right moment. And I wait, and I wait, and wait, and then finally we're in the Oops, I did again. And I'm like, oh shit, we have like 30 seconds left in the song. So I go in, and no one really woos for me. You know, for everyone else, they're like, woo! But for me, they're kind of like, ooh. I I try to do my windmill. (laughs) You know, the windmill move. uh, Yeah. But but I'm not good at it. My legs are slapping on the ground. And I I think I... (laughs) I clip a girl's <laughs> ankle, and she's like, ow! Um, and then I lose my balance. I lose whatever confidence I had, and then my uh, watch smacks on the floor and breaks, and I'm just like, oh, my watch! And I'm then it's so already, already falling apart. Well, okay, so move on to plan two. The absence workshop was Thursday afternoons, and uh, they had uh, an anonymous question box where you can ask anything, any question. Yeah you want. And uh there was always one kid who had the hilarious question. I wanted to be that one. So I I wrote one down. I realized no one else is really writing questions this year. People in this workshop are kind of taking it more seriously just listening. And there was this counselor named Annie. All the other counselors were cool. Annie was the the one counselor that they just hired to run this workshop cuz ah. she was taking it dead serious. And um yes. so she opens a question box at the end of it, reads my question, which was, "Can I make babies with a gorilla?" Oh
1: yeah. She
0: frowns and I'm waiting yeah. for people to laugh and no one laughs because oh, no. people are like, Oh, this guy seriously thinks you can mate with a gorilla and procreate with a gorilla. And she lo- looks directly at me. And I'm like, I thought it was supposed to be anonymous. I didn't write my name on it, but I think she knew it was me. Yeah. And she just kind of says, I asked you all to take this seriously. Oh, no. So already I'm like, Oh, that didn't really work. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> so plan three, be the mystery yes. man was a weird one. Um, <laughs> So... A bit of background, the first year, there was this one kid who was a cool guy, and he would leave these little mystery love notes from one color team to another. So everyone was split up in different colors, you know, and he would eat meals with the the purple team, and you would have all these, like, trinkets and toys and purple stuff on your table to, like, show your team pride. And uh, But he would leave these little love notes from one color team to another one, and uh, just for fun. And it would be stuff like, oh, uh, blue team, I'm in love with you. Let's run away together. Signed, the silver team. Theme. and everyone loved these notes and would look forward, yeah. to them, look forward to them every meal and then at the end in the closing ceremonies he revealed himself and everyone was like whoa and like it cheered for him and then I was sitting there I'm like I'm gonna be that guy next year I'm ah. gonna do it because he was aging out so, but yeah. Tommy I um, I went too far with oh, no! I love notes so my <laughs> notes were like creepy stalker letters oh, God. There, there were like threats of violence it would be like Dear Red Team, how red will your blood be when I'm done with oh, you? Always watching the yellow team. And was oh, oh just God. like, oh, what are God. these? Uh, I escalated it. I um, kidnapped a stuffed Kermit from the green team table. Uh, and I yes. left a ransom note with a Polaroid I had taken of Kermit on the camp bonfire saying, mm. like, you have 18 hours or something. It was really f- up and it was a very big deal people were scared the camp director had to make a statement at uh, lunch that day like um whoever's (laughs) doing this please stop and i got freaked out now there was this one guy who was the cool guy he was like the summer hunk that year is this devout christian nice dude named tim and he saw he saw my polaroid camera in my footlocker because who has a polaroid camera i just had a polaroid camera i was the only kid who had a polaroid so he figured it out from that and i was like tim please don't tell anyone and he's like um i won't but you gotta stop you gotta give kermit back (laughs) um so i um I tail between my legs, returned Kermit, and I never admitted to it. I never came forward. No, it was just kind of this like can't. creepy Zodiac mystery that no one except Tim ever got closure to.
1: So then, oh, on
0: the final day, I'm just like <laughs> wallowing and like defeat. No one likes me, and I'm sitting by myself. And one thing I have is just my cracked quicksilver watch. And now that the surfaces are cracked, I can kind of use it to like glare a couple people at once, like glare sunlight in people's eyes from across yeah. the campground, just <laughs> with people. And I just <laughs> wasn't even think about it. And then I'm sitting there, and Tim is across the way, and I shined it in his eye, and he's like surrounded by girls, and I and I shine it right in his eye, and he's like, oh, and he looks over and sees it's me. And he, I can see him sigh to the other people around him. He goes, and I'd never heard him cuss, but here he said, I f-ing hate that guy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're all like, Tim, Tim, Tim. He's like, no, he's just, I don't want to go into it, but that guy it sucks. He's such an asshole. And that, that was me. And-
1: you, be- you became like the supervillain of that camp. You were the youngest supervillain in the MCU. Was was Quicksilver yeah. Watch the Watcher? it escalated, watcher.
0: I would have been like a Jason Voorhees of uh of yeah. that camp.
1: <laughs> but 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 an abstinent Jason Voorhees, which is important.
0: Just don't try to be cool. Let it happen. Yeah. If, if you're meant to be cool, you'll become cool. If you're not, you'll you'll learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons and uh instead Settlers yeah. of Catan and and host new Rock Stars videos. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it, full this, circle. Look better. at us. <laughs> well wow, yeah. that is our show uh, Tommy it's been so great to chat with you thank Likewise. you for breaking down the deadliest MCU villains a reminder that all of you can join our official discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash new rock you can also get an audio version of the show by subscribing to new Rockstars big question wherever you get your podcast you can send us your big questions on twitter using the hashtag big question or of course uh, join our official discord server we'll more likely see your questions there follow yes. me at EA Voss follow new rock stars at Tommy Bechtold follow new rock stars on social subscribe here on youtube you to get too much yes. information on all this stuff you care about thanks for joining see you next time tommy
1: bye person woman man camera television got it still got it still got it all these years later (laughs) all these years these years i'm taking that oh my god dude that camp story